Hello and welcome to the Security Weekly News Wrap-Up for the week of 30th of October 2022. Android apps send users to weaponized websites, Dropbox hacked, OpenSSL high-severity vulnerabilities, and UK spies help Ukraine defeat Russia, along with the show wrap-ups on this edition of Security Weekly News. This is Security Weekly, for security professionals, by security professionals. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. It's the show that keeps you up to date on the latest security news twice a week. Your trusted source for accurate security information and expert analysis. It's time for Security Weekly News. How is your business staying one step ahead of cyber criminals? Secure your email applications, network, and data with Barracuda. Protect your business and go from zero to security in no time flat. Whether your team is working in one location or many, Barracuda has solutions that are easy to buy, deploy, and use. Learn how Barracuda can protect your business against ransomware, phishing, and other cyber attacks. Visit securityweekly.com forward slash Barracuda. That's securityweekly.com forward slash Barracuda. Barracuda, your journey secured. Hi, I'm Aaron Leyland, and this is Security Weekly News Wrap-Up Show, Episode 253. Struth, as Dr. Doug would say, or my friend Cam, who's actually Australian, but there we go. On Application Security Weekly number 218, the show with no name, only because I had a trouble finding the name, um, John and Mike had Cindy Corelli and Matha Bennett on the show, they discussed a critical open SSL vulnerability that was coming on Tuesday, or did it turn into a high? <laughs> anyway, uh, also there was a SQLite vulnerability, Apple blogs about memory safety and bug bounties. We also joined them for a lively discussion about key threats to Web3 apps, both on-chain and off-chain, what we can do to mitigate them, and what we absolutely should not do. There's a good listen for you. Um, They stated that Web3 ecosystem is chock full of applications and projects that have lost money due to breaches, code flaws, or outright fraud. They explained how security teams can do a better job of protecting Web3 apps, how Web3 apps, including NFTs, just aren't vulnerable aren't just vulnerable to attack, they are often present in a broader attack surface due to the distributed nature of blockchain at the same time as being a desirable target because of the value association with tokens. If you're like me and that crypto portfolio is currently struggling to make sense, Yes, mine is really struggling to make sense at the moment. I wish I'd never started. Anyway, um, additional resources are in the show notes. On Business Security Weekly number 283 called Cybersecurity Leadership, Career Mistakes, and 13 Horror Stories for Cyber Halloween, we had Matt, Jason, and Tyler. They discussed that in the leadership and communications section, is cybersecurity leadership broken? They went on to talk about how cyber risk quantification should be at the center of an enterprise's actions to understand and measure risk posed in the event of a cyber security attack. That data should then be used to estimate financially cyber risk exposure. 
Recently, I read a good book on this, and it's called The Essential Planning Guide, Cybersecurity Program Development for Businesses, which obviously comes highly recommended from yours truly and probably some other important people too. So they went on to state that to start the process, enterprises need three pillars to build a good cyber risk quantification program, the right data, appropriately skilled people, and a methodology. So that was a really great show and perfect for anyone who invests or is looking to invest in cyber companies. Get on there, over there and give it a listen. On Enterprise Security Weekly 295, they stated that positive change is coming to cybersecurity. Now, if that does not get you over there to listen, then only free beer and stolen NFTs will. And I'm not promising either of them, but you will have to get over there and see for yourself. So. John Grandshark, EVP of Strategy at Fortran, who used to be Help Systems, I'm sure we all know that, explained what it means when we say we're tenacious in pursuit of a stronger, simpler future for cybersecurity, and that our advanced threat research and intelligence informs everything we do. Alan Ranford talked about the overlooked identity security risks of RPA. And if you're wondering what RPA is, well, I'll tell you. It's a software technology that makes it easy to build, deploy, and manage software robots that emulate human actions interacting with digital systems and software. Just like people, software robots can do things like understand what's on a screen, complete the right keystrokes, navigate systems, identify and extract data, and perform a wide range of defined actions. But, but, software robots can do it faster and more consistently than people without the need to get up and stretch or take coffee breaks or whatever else you do when you're not working. Anyway, um, I guess this looks like code is coming to steal our jobs again. Be afraid, be very afraid, or just learn some code and everything will be okay. So it was stated that Gartner recently reported that RPA software market will reach 2.9 billion by the end of 2022, up 19.5% from 2021. But despite airlines adopting it to help with cancellations and retail for inventory management, we are not talking about the security risk it, this tech will cause. So get over there and look at this um, if that sort of is in your wheelhouse. But Alan Ramford, who is the global IAM strategist at One Identity, he talks about the truly devastating impact that can occur when an organization leaves its RPA program vulnerable and without any identity and access protection. Why realizing that machines have identities we're starting to get a bit into Terminator here. Two, it could save us from dangerous RPA breaches in the future and steps companies can take to secure their RPA technology as more companies continue to implement it. Interesting stuff. On the Security Weekly News number 252, I myself talked about WannaCry ransomware and what we have learned five years on, as well as Dr. Doug and the week's early news stories. On the main show, Paul Security Weekly number 762, the guys talked to Ben Hibben along with the normal segments that come with that show. Ben Blenster, as he's known, 
came on to talk about the maker movement, hacker spaces, community and inclusive cultures, intentionality and kindness as a social key code, the right to repair movement and using tools like Arduino Raspberry Pi to bring your projects to the next level. He's a well-known face at DEF CON and um, anybody in the DEF CON type community will probably have heard of Blenster. But um, I did hear on listening to the show on my dog walk this morning that he's looking for a new role. So if anybody looking can help, you would struggle to find someone better in this field. Good luck, Blenster, in finding a new role and maybe you can take me with you. <laughs> okay, in security news on PSW, they discussed last year's open sources to Mars vulnerabilities, repo jacking, how fit they feel like there will always be an authentication bypass, supercharging your hacking, and who doesn't need supercharged hacking? Do you have your multipath RC4 and why not use it? The problem with vulnerability scanners, that was quite a good chat, and um, packages and expired domains, intrigue should not be trusted, Apple kernels, Oh, and <laughs> repeating and repeating again in this show, vulnerabilities in OpenSSL. Good conversation about the guys there, about how important these actual vulnerability releases were. And now for the news. Android apps with millions of installation redirect users to weaponized websites. So it seems that Google App Store has not been able to catch malicious applications. Oh, that is bad. Um, as they are still being listed there in the Google Play Store, there are currently four malicious apps that are available. Well, we say four that are available. Um, well, at least that's what this article says. But um, I guess when we talk about unknown unknowns, there could be many, many more. But anyway, these four malicious applications that were listed by the developer, Mobile Apps Group, and detected by the security experts uh, over there at Malwarebytes, are extremely stealthy and sophisticated. This is because they steal users' sensitive data and also generate pay-per-click revenue for operators by directing users to specially crafted fake websites. The platform appears to not even be kicking malicious developers off the platform for any of the many citations that they have received. There's a, a total of one million, one million downloads have been recorded for these apps together. Um, the operators of these fake websites trick victims into downloading fake security tools or updates to make them manually install malicious files or apps. To deploy additional malware, these malicious apps also suggest users to install cleaner apps on their phones in most worst scenarios. So just so you don't have to go over and trail through that whole Article, if you do want, the apps as follows, Bluetooth Auto Connect, Bluetooth Wi-Fi USB, Bluetooth App Sender, a lot of Bluetooth there, and Mobile Transfer Smart Switch. Check if you have them bad boys, get rid of them, and probably at very least turn your phone off and on again to clear your RAM. Okay, Dropbox hacked, attackers stole 130 GitHub repositories. In a recent disclosure, Dropbox revealed that a security breach had occurred 
On GitHub, 130 of the company's source code repositories have been accessed unauthorizedly. Is that even a word? It is now, by threat actors. Threat actors gained access to the GitHub repositories of got Dropbox by using the stolen credentials of a Dropbox employee. Bad day there at Dropbox for that employee. It was one day before the breach that took place on October the 14th. GitHub notified Dropbox about the occurrence of suspicious activities. The data accessed by threat actors contained the following data, which are mainly used by developers, I guess, credentials, API keys, but also names of Dropbox employees, email addresses of Dropbox employees, current customers, past customers, sales leads, and vendors. Dropbox, there's no excuse for not doing better, especially as I read today that you have over 700 million registered users, although I'm sure that through various courses and things, I'm at least five of them. Sorry, Dropbox, or thank me, Dropbox, for giving you inflated numbers. Okay, so OpenSSL fixed two high severity vulnerabilities that can be exploited remotely. That's CVE 2022. 3602, which is an arbitrary four-byte overflow of the stack buffer that can cause crashes or allow RCE attacks to occur. And then CVE 2022-3786, which is a buffer overflow that could lead denial of service state and can be exploited by threat actors through malicious email addresses. In order to address this issue, Docker created a placeholder referencing both the high severity OpenSSL vulnerabilities. What you have to do is open Docker's image vulnerability database on your browser, and then you have to select the vulnerability search tab on the portal. Now search the following term in the search bar to find a vulnerable package, and that's DSA 2022-001. Felina exploit lets hackers compromise the domain controller via RDP session. So an intrusion was detected by the DFER report in early June 2022 that leveraged the Felina vulnerability, CVE 2022-30190, to gain initial access. Apart from getting the initial access, it also initiated the infection chain of QBot. If you're interested in the attack chain, there is a link in the show notes, which is really quite detailed and very interesting, if I do say so myself. And finally, UK boosts Ukraine cyber defences with 6 million support package. UK's Ukraine cyber program is protecting the Ukrainian government and its critical national infrastructure from malicious cyber attacks. Um, partnership with industry is preventing Russian malign actors from accessing vital networks and providing forensic capabilities to the Ukrainian authorities. Initial 6 million package was mobilized in response to an increasing tempo of Russian cyber activity in the days following the Ukraine invasion. The UK's Ukraine cyber program was mobilized shortly after Putin's invasion in February to protect against increased Russian cyber attacks. The program has not been made public until now, obviously to protect its operational security. So utilizing the expertise of world leading cybersecurity providers, 
The UK's Ukraine cyber program has to date provided incident response support to the government of Ukraine entities, protecting them against destructive cyber attacks, including malware such as in Destroyer 2. This is also preventing malicious actors from accessing vital information relevant to the war effort. Limited attacker access to vital networks and support Ukraine to harden their critical infrastructure against future attacks. And they've also delivered frontline cybersecurity hardware and software, including firewalls, DDoS protection, and um, also continued access to vital information and forensic capabilities so they can fully understand system compromises. Foreign Secretary James Cleverly said, Russia's attack on Ukraine is not limited to its horrific land invasion, and it is a horrific land invasion. It has also persistently attempted to invade Ukraine's cyberspace, threatening critical information services and infrastructure. The UK's support to Ukraine is not limited to military aid. They also drew on our Britain, us, <laughs> world-leading expertise to support Ukraine's cyber defences. And together we will ensure that the Kremlin is defeated in every sphere, on land, in the air, in the cyberspace. That is definitely something Churchill would have said if he had been round at this time. Obviously, Russian actors have a long history of hostile and destabling activity against Ukraine, including shutting off part of Ukraine's electricity grid in December 15, leaving 230,000 people without power up to six hours. It's got a lot worse with the recent missiles. Um, destructive cyber attacks in 2017 targeting Ukraine's finance and energy sectors and government services leading to knock-on effects on other European partners. This is where that grey area spills over that um, what is the point where a cyber attack becomes an attack on a NATO country? But they also attacked Kyiv, Metro and Odessa airport um, with ransomware that encrypted harbor, hard drives, loads of DDoS attacks and a series it's like a series of cyber attacks since the invasion including against commercial operators as viasat in march but that didn't really have a serious impact um as elon musk came to the rescue there go on elon where's doug's car um so obviously the tempo of Russian cyber attacks against Ukraine has increased. And I believe there's a bit of a army around the world which um, have, um, in an ethical hacking type way, directed attacks um, towards Russia, or um, at very least helping Ukraine um, obtain and sort of hold on to their sovereignty and strategic advantage in the war. So good on you to the powers that be in the UK, still struggling to protect your PM's personal phones, but knocking it out of the park with helping a nation who very much deserves it. I am still here for consultancy work, UK PLC, if you need me. And that's the wrap up the week, 30th, October, 2022. And I am Aaron Leyland, your usual fantastic, smart and charismatic host, Dr. Doug. We'll see you next Tuesday.